Yes, indeedy. Nick, you are all over the V-Man with the extra deals. It's the captain, the ticket, 93.7. I'm with Shell Biggity Jackson. Man, my tight end, mate, we talking uh, all things NFL Pro Day. Uh, they, they are. It's actually showing. You can watch the pro day if you want to. I don't know if it's on. Is it on Nebraska? Is it on Nebraska? Twitter. So if you go to Twitter, you'll be able to watch it. If you wanted to watch the pro day at Nebraska, Sheldon, you remember what, what we was talking about? Or am I the only yeah, one on that CTU? You, uh, yeah, you asked me the time after the the combine and the time I got drafted. What was kind of what were you doing? What was going on there? Well, I know a lot of times you see they do a great job publicizing that event for a lot of guys who go in the first uh, first round and and so forth. But uh, at the time, you know, seventh round, I think there's still seven rounds now. That was the last round on the second day. So I didn't spend all the weekend just kind of watching it. Oh, I did off and on, yeah, but I was home or uh, well, in Lincoln in my apartment there. Like I said earlier, I was just kind of by myself. There was nobody my family was at home in California. And so after the combine and all that, dude, I just pretty much uh, sat there in my apartment uh, kind of waiting. And as the first day kind of came and gone or came and went, I was like, okay, well, uh, maybe better luck tomorrow, I suppose. We'll see how that plays out. And then the second day of drafting came and all the rounds that went on that day. And I was like, well, well, I don't know what to do here. I guess we we tried. We gave it the old college try, literally. Right. And then, uh, like I told you earlier, the uh, towards the end of the draft, the Seattle Seahawks had called me for a possible free agency. And then I got a call while I was on the phone with them, and it was uh, Jerry Butler for the Buffalo Bills, and and the rest was history. And then when I saw my name go across the bottom of the screen that uh, the Bills have selected me for their seventh-round pick. I think I forgot the number overall, uh, but uh, I was kind of just kind of smiling, you know, kind of happy. I didn't really call anybody, didn't have anybody to call. But I just kind of sat there and it's like, well, I got a job. Uh, that was my first thought. And then, since I've never really been to New York before, I pulled out my map of the United States. And I looked at it, I was like, well, okay, this is a pretty interesting trip that we're on here. About five years ago, I came from this state, California, and then I uh, spent the last five years here in Nebraska. And uh, where is Buffalo, New York? Oh, on the completely other side of the country. And uh, I was like, well, it is what it is. It's time to go to work. And that's pretty much kind of how I played itself out for that weekend. So – you know, you already know where you're going. You haven't got to because you don't get the signing bonus. A lot of people think you get the signing bonus right there on the spot. You don't. Right. You get the signing bonus when you show your butt up. Right. 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 Okay. So, when did you report to camp? Mm. Or or mini camp? Uh, when did you report to mini? Camp? Okay. Yeah, mini camp for all the new guys and most of, most of the ball clubs. Uh, mini camp was around. I want to. Gosh. I, Help me with this. My memory is not that great. I think it was before the summer. I think it was May. Yeah, so I, I want went. to say April or May. You had to show up, and it was just the Buffalo. It was just the uh, the new guys, yeah. the rookies. Right. So you 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 know you you go, 
you have a 30-day window, maybe more, because back then it was – I thought we had the pro day in March. But anyway, what – in the interim time, are you working out? Are you working out harder? Are you kind of chilling? What are you doing with all well, of that downtime? Me personally, to keep myself busy, I was I was working. I was working out. Um our school had the best training facility at the time, the best trainers. Uh, there was even even after I left, uh, guys like Corey Schlesinger, he, he, when he was playing, he would always come back to uh, Nebraska to train. A lot of guys always came back to Nebraska to train. So I, you know, I didn't have a trainer that I could go to, so um, I just worked out in Nebraska uh, with Brian Bailey, Mike Arthur, guys like that. Um, there was a time though, before, before the combine, I was being, I was, my agent was sending me to Dallas of all places to train out here with this fast twitch program, which was pretty famous at the time. I did that for a few weeks. So even while I was at school during the week on the weekends, I would be flown down to Dallas for about, I did that for about a month, almost two months and, uh, just train with these fast twitch guys. Um, which you find out after the fact you were paying for it. Right. <laughs> you don't know why at the time you think somebody else is footing that bill, you just fly and living high off the hog. But after at the end of the day you realize, Oh, I paid for that. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna ask you that. Like what did that cost? Uh, I don't even I'm trying to forget that one. I don't I don't know. I, I mean you know because forget that. Well, because you, you again, those are all the things that you're not told. That if you were told those things, you could make an educated decision based on facts. Okay, you're going to go pay. I can work out here with Brian Bailey and Doak for free for Fast Twitch, or I can go to Dallas because my agent thinks that's going to be a better look for me to work out with these guys in Dallas, but it's going to cost me. He didn't tell me, oh, no, you're just going to work out. I got everything handled. By the way, remember those workouts you were doing? Yeah, those are like twenty thousand. Right. So now right. you just ate up your entire signing bonus. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. My it didn't eat up my entire bonus. And, and but yeah, that happens quite frequently to a lot of us. Uh, to a lot of players, when you don't have um, the right people around you to help. You know, um, one thing I know you've heard people say all quite a bit is when you come into a lot of money. And you have uh, the, the the more difficult people to deal with. I'm trying to use my words carefully. Our family members, because now you have they the perception of a celebrity or the perception of a professional athlete is millionaire. Mm. Off off the bat, that's what they perceive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality, you and I both know, is is completely completely different than that. How how important? And and, and maybe you got it, and I didn't. Because I wasn't paying attention. But do you ever remember getting trained up in finances, writing checks? No. Um, they had a, what is called a symposium. First year for NFL guys, all NFL rookies, it was a requirement. And it was literally a 72-hour. I wish I knew what this place was. Like, I think, I think they either – they took us in. They brought us in. It must have been at night when they brought us in because during the day – it looked like we were in the middle of some of the woods somewhere, like some prestigious campus. And I'm not a, I'm not talking about a college campus, but like a, you know, some of these larger corporations have a campus. Um, 
somewhere deep off in the woods mm. where they where they have their class or they, they're you can, conducting you can... all types of experiments. Right, okay. right, right. So it's called a symposium. I don't know if it's the same thing now. Rookie symposium. And all that, all that was was a panel of a uh, mixture of athletes, former athletes, new athletes, uh, financial people, and they kind of just basically gave you a seminar on spending. Not a real training, but a just uh, you sit here for the next eight hours, and I'm going to bring you a series of people to talk to you about the pitfalls of you know being this guy or this newfound fame or this newfound lob slumps large sums of money you're about to acquire and what you shouldn't do but to to say that someone was guiding you and uh, you know the same way maybe a bank owner would teach his son or daughter how to how, about financing no you, we didn't there was no one to teach you or teach us or share with us that if you didn't learn it on your own a lot of times you learned it after your money was gone. <laughs> the thrill is gone, so the money done ran out. Now you figured out, dang, there was a whole segment of classwork that I missed out on that had to do with finances and me keeping my money. You know where the colleges can, can really help with that? They should they can make it mandatory. For student athletes, I think student athletes. I'm not going to just single a single out football players. Make it mandatory financial, financial, comp, financial uh, literacy uh, for all student athletes. Or, or, or you know what? This should shelter the entire student body. If you come to this school, one of the one of the one of those entry level or one of those uh, freshman level classes you're going to take is financial literacy. Hmm. Make it mandatory. Just the same way. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the classes we had as freshmen that we were like scratching our heads. What do we have to know this for? Anthropology. Uh, anthro okay, there you go. The way, the same way an anthropology class is mandatory for freshmen, then financial literacy needs to be mandatory as well. Mm, absolutely. I, I, I mean, there's so much you had to learn on your own that, you know, you know, gr coming from where we came from, financial right. literacy wasn't that high on the priority chain. No, survival was. Yeah, making it through what you was dealing with was. Right, dealing with all these, dealing with all those wonderful, I, I can look at it and smile now, dealing with all the wonderful obstacles that were conveniently placed in front of so many of us as we as we kind of walked circumspectly through this, this thing called life. Financial literacy would have given us a lot, a huge advantage uh, that would have helped us tremendously, with a, especially once we were thrown such copious amounts of money. Yeah, that that as a young buck, you don't know what to do with. And then, you know, that feeling that need to, to, to help other people out sometimes can be a burden as well. You know, like you said, everybody thinks you're a millionaire when you go to the NFL. You're not. You ain't even close. Right. You ain't even close. Even if you made a million, you wouldn't be a millionaire. No, you spend a dollar, you're not a millionaire anymore. Right. Don't, and we like to forget. I know I didn't think about it at the time, but Uncle Sam is going to get his cut. Off, okay. the, off the rip. <laughs> you make $100,000, he want forty nine. Yeah. Because yeah, you're in a different you. tax bracket. Did you know right. that we were getting taxed off of not over what we made over the whole year, you know, like if let's just say you made five hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm -hmm. 
we were getting taxed as if we were making 500, well, literally, like you're making 500,000 in those three months. Not only that, it's every, for, I play for Kansas City. Every team, everywhere that we went, mm-hmm. I got taxed in that state. Yes. That's unbelievable. Yes, sir. You go to, you, you know, it didn't matter what. If you played in California, you got taxed in California. You played over here, you got taxed over here. You played in Florida, you got taxed over there. And so I just, it, it's that's really weird to me. Well, I'm sure the people who are in those levers, who have those hands on the levers of power, understand that. And so they're willing, they're able to work with those corporate uh, gurus, those Fortune 500 CEOs who already understand that. So they know when they are doing business in these various states, there's a different cost involved to do business in those states. Well, that information, just that basic information, is missed on so many young student-athletes who are able to play professional sports. So without having somebody in the know, everybody is getting taken advantage of in that regard. So until you learn that, like I said, most of us don't learn that, until the the until all of our money is gone, mm. so it's almost like it's kind of hilarious. I, I I remember having a debate, and I'll keep it quick. I remember having a debate about somebody who said that you you know you got a scholarship and that's your that's your payment. Uh, you, you got the opportunity to get a good job. That's your that's your just due for your for playing the sport. Uh, I said, but what about the tangible? Like, what about the money? He's like, well, you you got a chance to make money when you get your job and the fact that your tuition is paid for that too is that's the blessing. But, but, but the same people in the administration, they get in their pay right now. The people who are, you know, in positions of power, they're getting their money right now. So I have to wait on a hope and a dream to maybe get a job good enough to pay for all this work that I'm putting in right now. So the the trade-off is not really that great because, like, for example, when you go into the NFL, which is not common for everybody, but we're just using that as an example for this conversation, when you're getting thrown a hundred and something thousand dollars for your first paycheck for your first year of working out of college and you don't jumped and played in 10 different states, you have no, like you mentioned, you have no idea that you're paying income tax in 10 different states. And so if you don't have any financial literacy and don't have somebody that you can trust to teach you those things, you're technically, in essence, giving the money right back to the mm. people that gave it to you. Mm. And, you're on, and, you're, and, you're, and you have no real way. Without that knowledge, you have no way of sheltering your money and even or being able to hand that money to your son or your daughter. Because everybody who knows anything about wealth is, is wealth is passed down. Hey, man. Sheldon, we, we, we just tipping the iceberg on this thing, man. Hopefully you can stick around. Mr. Captain, I'm with Sheldon Jackson, the ticket, 93.7. Be right back.